Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line, establishing his five-year stay at the Caesars Las Vegas Resort. Is Caesars still there? Is that is that a is that Man, a casino resort that's still? <laughs> <laughs> it's Daniel Feingold, everyone. MGM Gra- MGM Grant, yay! Yay! I've um, become your agent now. Actually, I am your manager and your lifelong uh, agent, and there's nothing you can do to get out of my grasp. You're my sh- my snowman. I control snowman. all of your assets, actually. All of the snow. I will not be. De- I will leave all of the terrible Tom Hanks impressions of terrible of, of Tom Hanks's terrible accent to you. I will I will withdraw from from any. But efforts. but the challenging thing is, it feels like he's doing like three different accents at various points. Of like, it's kind of Austin Powers, uh, gold member. It's kind of like Dracula at one point when he's just like. <laughs> And I gave the world Elvis Presley. <laughs> and then I it, think we, it, it's kind of something else at another point. Feels like, I, if I remember correctly, we both giggled in the theater, like in the first <laughs> few minutes when whenever he was speaking. And I feel like there there was a there was a general sense of maybe not outright laughter, but kind of you know giggling under your breath when you hear Tom Hanks speak at the beginning of the movie throughout the theater. There was definitely an aura of what is this um especially since by the way everyone uh as hinted last week we're talking elvis boslerman's music biopic about the king of rock himself starring austin butler and mr tom hanks but um yeah i you could definitely feel the, the like the beginning what five minutes of this movie are so like kaleidoscopic and crazy and are arguably is like the craziest section of the movie and I, you could, you could tell that the audience, not just when Hanks was just like, "I'm a snowman, and I gave the world the snow that is Elvis Presley," and and then when it does the like, it it almost looks like a drone shot from ambulance, like the drone shot that goes then into the ambulance where he's riding, and it like then goes into the IV tube and down the tube, and then the circle of the tube turns into a uh like like what is it is it craps what's the what's the circular gambling thing in a casino i think i think craps sure i'm we're re- if if i'm wrong then i'm really demonstrating along with my lack of knowledge about what casinos are left in vegas how little i gamble but yes then the center of the iv tube turns into one of those and then that turns into the top of the starship ship enterprise which is for some reason mounted up on the las vegas strip and then the enterprise takes off and zooms down the strip and then does like a barrel spin and goes up the hotel where or the the resort i guess where elvis is staying um and that's that's how we we kick off this crazy but maybe in some ways not crazy enough movie um i don't know daniel how did you feel about boslerman's elvis i think we came out of it feeling very similar in that it's almost, it's astonishing how by the book it is. Um, 
it's it it feels like a pretty standard biopic with Baz Luhrmann mm. trappings. And sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. I may, and maybe maybe that's my own expectation, but I think I feel like it's fair to go into a Baz Luhrmann movie feeling a certain way or expecting a certain thing, and mm-hmm. my expectations going in was either this is going to be amazing or it is going to be like laughably terrible. And it wasn't either. It was solid. It was a pretty good biopic with a great lead performance. And you could tell who it's directed by, but it it wasn't it wasn't crazy. It wasn't really out of the box or or really zany and wacky besides Tom Hanks's performance. That was I think probably the most over the top thing about the movie. It's pretty grounded. And I think the most surprising thing about the movie is how unsurprising it is. Um, and that's both to its benefit and detriment. Um, so yeah, pretty good. I think looking ahead, like I think this is a shoe in for, we could have probably said this before the movie even came out, but golden globes are going to love it. It's going to, it's going to, do great are, in that. Are we gonna care though? <laughs> are they I just gonna the, tweet them again? <laughs> the people, the people in the industry will, will will care enough to to celebrate the fact. And I don't, I don't know what the globe status is gonna be. They may, they may have TV again, but um, yeah, I think Austin Butler is the star here, which is great considering he's in a movie with Tom Hanks, who's sharing a lot of screen time with him. Um, mm-hmm. But Austin Butler like the hype around that performance is very real. He totally delivers and yeah, the movies, I think, I think we both kind of came down on like, it's good. It's not great. It's not the best thing. You know, I don't think it's going to make many people's top 10 lists. It's also, I don't think going to win any Razzies, maybe Tom Hanks's performance, which would be amazing. Maybe, <laughs> um, maybe his first time winning a Razzie, but, uh, I'd yeah, I'd have would, to check. I mean the the Razzies, in my opinion, an equally garbage organization to the, <laughs> to, the, to the to the Golden Globes. I mean the Razzies can just be like flat out mean sometimes. Yes, but yes. that's a different conversation. Yeah, but movie, yeah, I'm, movie's totally fine. Yeah, I going into it, I wasn't quite sure what to. I mean, I obviously like you know kind of what to expect sort of stylistically with the Baz Luhrmann movie. Um, This is now his sixth movie. Um, I would say if you've, for whatever reason, not seen a Baz Luhrmann movie, um, you know, probably best known for Moulin Rouge. And uh, I would say the adaptations of Romeo and Juliet and Great Gatsby that both starred Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I guess we could just, we might as well say, you know, his, his two other movies, Strictly Ballroom, his very first movie. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I I watched it for the first time a few weeks ago. Pretty like solidly fun um, dance movie. That's like, I would say the closest cousin to it would be something like Dirty Dancing. Um, but is like a very like bright, colorful, fun style showcase. Um, and then a movie I know you I think watched for the first time and I revisited recently because I hadn't seen it since it came out uh Australia which is like his big kind of the big bust I think of his career thus far him trying to do this very old-fashioned 
sweeping like roman golden age hollywood romantic epic with nicole kidman and hugh jackman out in the outback and i thought was kind of a slog revisiting it i mean boz lerman i don't i don't think there's a single shot in a boz lerman movie that doesn't at least look interesting or has some sort of like aesthetic beauty to it but that's that's maybe the one movie that i think is missing it's missing like a spark or something in in his filmography um to put it to put I don't it know, lightly what, i would what, say yeah i mean his his aesthetic uh to describe his aesthetic aesthetic i think would be like Bos- <laughs> Boslerman's style is like if someone took a like fistful of glitter and threw it in your face and then blew a kazoo in your ear as loud as possible like it's big it's broad it's campy it's colorful it's there's an artifice to it like like I, it's not always meant to look photorealistic it's meant to look fantastical and kind of kaleidoscopic i don't know what what uh, is boslerman a director that you particularly like that you particularly respond to i i would say i personally am a bit kind of like hit and miss with him sometimes like i like moulin rouge i like his romeo and juliet adaptation i would say i'm you know less fond of something like australia or i'm in the camp of not really liking his great Gatsby adaptation, although notably a hit that movie was a big hit when it came out. Yeah. I would say he's more hit than miss for me. So I love Moulin Rouge. I love Romeo and Juliet. Um, I like great Gatsby, but I'm also a sucker for, I don't know. It's, it's Leo. It's, it's my it's my dude Tobey Maguire. I love the book. I love the original. You just movie. really like it when they grind it out to the Fergie song on the <laughs> dance floor. A great supporting cast. I mean, that movie. It would have been very difficult for for me to be like let down by that movie, but I understand uh-huh. why people. I mean, th- that is not his his best effort, but I still like the movie. That would be a, a tier lower or two than mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge. Um, and I would also, I think I would put Elvis kind of on the same tier as Great Gatsby in terms of how much I liked it in just ranking his movies. Um, yeah, I think I think for me, it kind of falls sort of in the middle somewhere. Yeah, um, that's fair. Of like, you know, yeah. Of like, like it definitely more than Gatsby and Australia while had way more... I'm I'm sort of mi- very mixed on this movie as we'll kind of get into when we talk about it more. But yeah, it's it's sort of sandwiched between like Gadsby and Australia as sort of the lower tier and maybe like Moulin Rouge and the Romeo and Juliet movie is kind of like that's that's the best meeting of like what he can do aesthetically as a filmmaker with like the right kind of story to sort of balance or hold that up. If that makes sense. I wish I was, I, I maybe there was no discourse and that's the problem uh, around Australia. I completely missed it. Um, maybe that's again, maybe that's part of the problem, but just going back, I need to look more into like what the general school of thought around that movie was when it was released. Cause man, that, that that is just a a giant swing and a miss, and he is trying so hard, and I appreciate the effort, 
But man, not a lot going right for that movie. Yeah, I think maybe like you kind of missing the discourse kind of feeds into how of how big of a a bomb it was when it came out in like 2008, 2007 or something like dude, that. Dude, yeah. dude had Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, then waited to do Australia and what happened? But he, <laughs> yeah, he I mean, often takes a long time between yeah. movies and his movies are notoriously i mean i don't strictly ballroom is a movie i can't imagine being that expensive and i don't i'm not quite sure about the budgets for like moulin rouge and romeo and juliet off the top of my head but you know certainly Aus- the, the these last three australia great gatsby and now elvis are like hugely expensive movies um and with like big chunks of time between them. I, I guess there's not that much because Gatsby is oh or 2013 yeah. right it's like 2012 2013 so it there, there's been this giant that's the last movie he's had since before Elvis um and I guess the one thing he has done in between there do you vaguely remember he did a Netflix series called I think it was like the get down that was all set in like the early days of hip hop and disco in New York city and Netflix, I believe canceled it after like one season or something like that, because it was a hugely, hugely expensive show. Like remember when it came out on Netflix, they were only able to like put like the first four episodes or something up like that at, at on like initial drop, not because of some like, what they're doing now with stranger things we need to build hype, but because like the rest of the season wasn't done because it like took so long and have heard like on other podcasts and like, uh, just like fun gossipy trade stories about like people who worked on that, that were just like, you, you wouldn't believe like just, he's such a perfectionist on set and of just like, if he's not getting the exact level of detail he wants, like, there's a there's a lot of having to like we need to wait until he gets exactly what he wants um as well as i i get the feeling like uh i saw an interview with austin butler i believe on kelly clark it was kelly clarkson's talk show and he was talking about the like very unorthodox like five month audition process he had to get the role of elvis in this movie and how like on his screen testing day, you know, he, he had been rehearsing like a set number of songs so he could like, you know, be in costume and can like perform the songs kind of live and they can film him. And he gets there and Boz Lerman hands him like, no, we're going to do a different set of songs or something like that. And has him like do a different set of songs kind of on the fly. And, but, but then Butler having like now finished the movie in hindsight thinking like oh that's his way of testing me because on set Boslerman likes to kind of change his mind and sort of be very um free willing and willing to sort of like go in a different direction if he wants to or if like the wind the wind feels right or something like that and I, I think that's another aspect to how like his movies can sometimes take a really long time to put together and sometimes are hugely expensive is 
not just all the like extravagant pyrotechnics and costuming and set design, but of just sort of like he does like big expensive movies where he's willing to kind of like, Hey, we, it's the end of the day, but we actually, I kind of have an idea. Let's change something completely. And like how we do this scene. And then like, that's another like four days they're spending on the scene or something like that. Yeah. He, he seems like an auteur whose work doesn't necessarily translate to the small screen. No, no. Um, so let's, let's dive into this movie. I mean, kind of what I was getting at when we went on sort of our, our Lerman tangent, I guess, is knowing kind of an idea stylistically of what we were getting ourselves into with this movie, but I kind of had the reactions I'd heard, particularly out of the Cannes Film Festival, were so all over the place that just when you and I were walking into the press screening, I was like, I I have no idea of what to expect. Kind of like you, like this... This could be awesome. This could be terrible. I was like ecstatic to see this with like a big audience because I was just like, I don't, I've heard so many like night and day crazy variations on what this movie is. And we're going to get to like feel the audience's reaction in real time. And I would say the movie kind of starts off in a very crazy, frantic way. And maybe kind of what you were getting at which is sort of the weird i think when people like when i'm seeing reactions from people that are like oh this movie's so crazy and maximalist it it sort of is and it isn't i think is kind of what you were getting at and what i really agree with like boslerman's style is all over this movie and he's indulging in every kind of crazy flourish possible but i think the sort of story-wise and what what this movie is sort of adding up to as a whole kind of doesn't feel too far from just it it doesn't feel too far removed from the kind of structure and cliches that we come to think of with the music biopics like it it maybe feels like a uh it 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 doesn't feel too far removed from something like Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man. It just has more kind of crazy flourishing going on in it. But I would still say it winds up having a lot of the same problems that those other movies do, if that makes sense. I don't I don't I don't know if that, if that's something you want to elaborate on or what what are your thoughts on just music biopics in general? Very hit or miss. Um those 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 are tough, and I I certainly I wouldn't say I have a strong feeling of the genre or, or a strong admiration of the genre. If they're done well, yeah, and they're usually they're usually mostly entertaining because of the music, because you know the the band or the musician, the artist that they're following. So that in itself can carry a two, two and a half hour movie, or at least, you know, make it enjoyable to sit through. Um, yeah, what you were saying, I think it's nail on the head with, it has all the Baz Luhrmann trappings and it is extravagant and it is very beautiful to look at. And there is some kind of, there are portions where it, uh, he indulges himself, I guess, a little bit with the visuals or how he's cutting things, um, but at the same time, 
it still feels pretty traditional story-wise. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, you're telling the story of a person's life, so that person's life is what it is, depending on how much you want to stray away from that. Um, but at the same time, I think maybe a little bit of, I was wondering, I, I imagine, I would, I would imagine that he has great admiration for Elvis, uh, not just as a yes. performer, but as a human. So I wonder how much that may have impacted his own creativity or artistic desires in another movie. If he was just doing like, I don't know, another musical that wasn't based on a real human that he really respected and had great admiration for. So I wonder how much that maybe impacted him in terms of how much he wanted to kind of get out of the box. Yeah, I I I don't know cuz I it clearly this seems like his attempt to I I want to tell like the definitive Elvis story, like the definitive Elvis the movie um and I want to tell the entirety of of Elvis's life in one movie um which is kind of a problem of many a biopics I mean the the one biopic off the top of my head that I can think of maybe there's other examples and I can't totally think of it but the one off the top of my head that I think is able to to pull off the like cradle to the grave like we're we're do we're doing everything is Spike Lee's Malcolm X movie, which is like three and a half hours, and you you almost can't believe is able to. It's a it's a good probably hour longer than this movie, um, and is like encompassing the entire life of that man, but is able to somehow like fully explore him as a human being. Um, and most movies, when they try to do that and try to fit like an entire life in two and a half, three hours, sometimes even less than that, you know, you have the feeling of things. I don't know if you get these this feeling like watching movies like this, where it feels like you're sort of speeding through a Wikipedia page and you're trying to hit moments where the audience can kind of be like, oh, I know that oh, that must be this thing. Oh, well, this is this important like bit in this person's life. We, we got to put it in there in the audience. It's, you're just sort of checking things off a list, but nothing has any kind of weight. And by the end of the movie, you sort of feel like you don't quite under... You don't walk away with any greater understanding of this person as a human being or as a historical figure, maybe than you did before. I think uh, Lerman's movie is interesting because like, I think is a, a rumination on Elvis as like, as an object, as a figure in our culture. And like, what, what does he represent as a figure and how, how can you indulge in like the aesthetic of Elvis and the, and make Elvis seem cool and sexy again you know because i don't think there's too many people our age that would be like elvis i you, you know i mean there's great elvis songs but i you know elvis is is elvis uh this so, movie, always sexy always sexy okay <laughs> it did make me think like when this was announced like 
I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but like if I kind of think of what like Lerman's kind of grand thesis is among a lot of his movies, it's kind of taking things that we would think of as kind of like old and stuffy and trying to apply his very like colorful, campy, bombastic party aesthetic to it to kind of sex it up and make it exciting and cool and hip and fun. You know, whether it's like something like Romeo and Juliet or uh, Great Gatsby that it either feels like overdone and burned into our culture or is like, oh, that's that book I read in high school, right? Like, yeah, I, I guess I know that. Or, you know, something like Strictly Ballroom where it's like, yeah, I'm going to find a way to make um, competitive ballroom dancing seem like really electric and fun to watch. Um, or even like when Moulin Rouge came out, I mean, mu- movie musicals, I feel like were thought of at that point is like kind of a dull outdated genre that like no one was really making anymore. But um, so it, it, this movie, I, I like it more thinking about it as like Lerman getting to indulge in like Elvis as like a cosmetic object or something, just like the aesthetic of Elvis. But in terms of like, this is a movie that's going to like really unpack who the man behind the legend is by the end of it. I was just like, I don't know. I really don't feel like I understand Elvis anymore or have some greater insight into Elvis. And part of it is for like, (laughs) there's so many things about this movie that it's like, they're, they're weird contradictions of themselves. Like on the positive end, this is a like almost three hour movie. Like it's like two hours, 40 minutes that like, zooms by but the like frantic like mile a minute like wait what's the scene nope stop we gotta put that away it's time to move on to the next thing like that that attitude of watching this then by the time you get to the end and there's the you know emotional title cards that that let you know about what let elvis's legacy ultimately was and what happened to everyone in his life and um, what happened to Tom Hanks's character, Colonel Tom Parker, who is his manager? Like, I the the movie feels sort of hollow when you get to that point, and it doesn't feel like there's any kind of meat or any sort of like greater revelation of of Elvis the man at the center of it. Yeah, that was actually so after kind of the initial initial hot take or reaction of just kind of mulling over the Austin Butler performance, the Tom Hanks performance. Um, The next thing that I thought of was, huh, I didn't go in particularly. I mean, we weren't, we we weren't around when Elvis was Elvis. And so I wouldn't call myself some Elvis scholar, but I, I, I know, you know, the 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 kind of the highlights the lowlights right and you go through this movie and you know they they spend a little bit of time like ooh okay we're gonna get into like the politics of Elvis oh okay no mm-hmm. it's just gonna be this one scene that we'll come back to it like in an hour and then there'll just be this one scene again oh okay we're gonna get more into like his family life or like his his love life oh okay no it's really just kind of surface level stuff oh okay so it was that was persistent throughout the movie where again it's as you were saying it's kind of all surface level and you're trying to get this 
guy's entire life in two and a half ish mm-hmm. hours, and very tough to do. But that's the that's the route he wanted to take. And I didn't really feel like you were kind of saying that I came away knowing anything more about Elvis than I already did, which admittedly wasn't a whole lot. Um, yeah. Really, even, I mean, the movie mostly explores, I would say, if anything, his relationship with the colonel. And right. even that felt like there was a lot of chicken left on the bone. Because um, they, they really, they don't spend a lot of time at kind of going into why he had this guy, like why he's so attracted to having this guy in his life and why mm-hmm. he keeps him around. They, they again, they, they scratch the surface with it, but there's really nothing deeper than just kind of surface level stuff of we're going to put together, we're going to have this scene where Tom Hanks is fast talking and he's, he's saying all these kind of grandiose things and I'm going to do this and that, but they don't really explore the relationship any further than right. he's kind of an extra father figure. So you go the opposite direction and you just, you know, take being the Ricardos, for instance, a biopic Gosh. that's only spanning a week of someone's life or two that, people's That was going to be my next question. Yeah, but continue. Yeah, I mean, you go the opposite direction, and this is just one example, that doesn't work either, um, yeah. for totally different reasons, so it's not, right. this is not to say that you can't I was cover gonna, someone's whole life. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, like, do you think this movie would maybe be better, or maybe would be a little bit more illuminating if it was like, let, let's say, for example, like, just the... To me, the most interesting section of the movie is the, like, bit surrounding his kind of famous um, 1968 kind of, like, comeback show. If, if anyone is not aware of which one it is, it's the the one where he's, like, on the, the sort of circular red stage and he's in all black and has the audience, like, completely surrounding him. Um, and it, like, revitalizes his career for, like, a whole other decade, pretty much. Um, or at least, you know several more years until he he tragically passes um so like do you do you think like if this movie was just about kind of the that show and kind of like the the build-up to that show all the context around that show and kind of the drama of like all right the corporate suits and my manager want me to do this hokey christmas special but i want to you know i want to speak to the moment politically i want to tap back into my like edgier rock and roll blues and want to do this kind of like totally other different kind of act and then it being kind of that revitalizing this other career like do you think if the movie focused in on just one moment like that that it would have been maybe a bit more kind of impactful or illuminating on elvis as like a historical figure and as a a human being ultimately probably but that also clearly isn't the movie that Baz Luhrmann wanted to make right. so I, I do hesitate to say yeah definitely because it, it sounds it sounds better um for me the I, I think the most interesting parts where I was hoping there would be more of is this clear struggle between the colonel who wants him to just be this kind of family figure that mm-hmm. is for 
older people and is, Elvis is, is unthreatening and easily, right. you know, commer- com- is ease of use for commercial product in in the midst of the civil rights movement and JFK getting assassinated and Martin Luther King being assassinated and Elvis wanting to speak out or dip his toe a little bit into saying at least something about politics. And then he, he goes off to war in another part of the movie, obviously. So all of that I found very interesting and just how the Colonel was seemingly kind of getting cozy with some not so great, maybe political figures um, Mm, mm -hmm. who definitely had some unsavory views. And again, it just like, it just kind of glosses over it. And I thought, Oh, this is, so this is, this is interesting. And then it kind of moves on because again, they're covering so much ground. You can, if you're covering this entire man's life. So I feel like you don't necessarily need to boil it down to one part of his career but I think you could have done away with like the rise of Elvis, who he was as a child. I know that's maybe a- you don't want the 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 bit <laughs> one of the weirder or kind of like more humorous Boz Lerman flourishes is when it turns into like uh, I, I need to teach you about Elvis's childhood, and then it becomes like a Marvel comic book essentially. Give us that scene, and then. <laughs> then take off from there. It felt like it still took a little while to get to that scene. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I do want to say, before we even sat down at the at the screening, you you apologized uh, in case you burst out laughing at any point in the movie. And that, I feel like, was the the, the one part, that, that scene in particular, where we were both really enjoying ourselves watching that. To be fair to the movie, though... I gave you that comment because I had seen ahead of time the 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 cl- I think it like was on the internet somewhere the clip of his first performance in the movie where um it's it's you know at this kind of like country music festival and he, Austin Butler does the sort of famous Elvis wiggle dance and as you can imagine like the 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 crowd of women goes crazy but then like i remember like when i first saw that clip i like howling with laughter so much at the bit where the song fades away and it just turns into like jack white guitar riffs and it's just like and austin butler is just like in slow-mo like dancing and wiggling his body in this this Was there Tom Hanks baggy, narration ba- during that scene too? Yes, yes. The this baggy, not, his his suit that he lacks baggy and saggy, and then Tom Tom Hanks just being like, "I could see, I could see on their faces, the women were going crazy." <laughs> and That's the, a, like, it's a great scene. Girl, it's a great scene. Yeah, and the, the that scene is incredible. Which which maybe gets me to like what I think is like the um, uh, I think the the best part of this movie which is the the concert sequences i mean the the performance sequences in this i think for as how messy and kind of all over the place the sort of more biopic elements of the movie are the concert sequences are 
electrifying. And like I said, that that one where Hanks is just like looking looking out over the audience and in slow motion, you basically like all the women in the audience look like they're having seizures basically as like Austin Butler is just like wiggling his his crotch in in this like really baggy pink suit. Um, or as the I dev- mentioned, that the devil's that, music, the devil's music. Yes, yes. Or or any of the the scenes in Vegas of him doing his his Vegas shows, or the as, as I mentioned, the infam- or the the famous nineteen sixty eight show. You know, and I mean, kudos to Butler. Cause I mean, we we can absolutely talk about. We absolutely should talk about the two lead performances here in uh, a second. But just like. Both the electricity and the cutting and the camera work and just the intensity Butler has on stage and just how it, it, it reminded me, did you ever see the, um, the James Brown movie that Chadwick Boseman was in? I forget what it's called. So I've seen, I've seen bits and pieces. So I know, I know. yeah. Yeah. You're like, it it reminded me of that of like how you just totally buy that you are watching that person in those those concert moments and it is it is less like i think butler did do some singing um that there's some songs that i imagine just because of how long the notes are holding or what not and you know how high they're getting that some <laughs> I, i'm sure they're using some Elvis recording mixed with his actual voice or something like that. I'd be fascinated to watch that in the behind the scenes stuff, but just the way similar to Bozeman playing James Brown, just the way Butler is able to move on stage and the energy and the presence and the just like sheer commitment and intensity you see on his face. And he's just like covered in sweat and you, you buy the, this guy is Elvis Presley and you buy into the aspect of Elvis Presley of just like this, this guy is going to like work himself into like almost passing out for your entertainment and is going to just like go above and the beyond. And I think that helps make those concert sequences so much fun to watch and so exciting and electric on screen. They're also shot and cut exceptionally exceptionally well, and that's where Baz Luhrmann really shines. Um, yeah. Not to take anything away from the performances, because, yeah, Austin Butler absolutely kills it. And someone today actually said to me, the problem I have is that actor doesn't doesn't look like Elvis. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't around when Elvis was around, but he looks yeah. like Elvis in the movie. He, like, he pulls it off. He kind of, yeah. He sounds it, like, like, it, it sounds like Elvis. Like, he moves like Elvis. Yes. Like, he does a good he's job. He's definitely got the the voice. I think he looks a lot more. He's got a little bit of, his nose is a little rounder than Elvis's nose, but, like, I don't know. We're just getting into nit. I, I'm, I'm with you. I completely bought it. I think, actually, the older he gets and the the sort of adjustments they make with like the hair and makeup. I think the, the older Elvis, that's when I was like, this is in indistinguishable, like younger when it's, it's basically Austin Butler just sort of as is, but with kind of a either dyed black or sort of 
a black wig on um in the early part of the movie like yeah i can i can see he sounds like elvis but maybe he doesn't look exactly like elvis but i thought certainly as the movie progressed it it is the line became further and further blurred to the point of i i don't want to totally ruin it for anyone listening that maybe hasn't seen it but there is that moment at the end where it it cuts in mid performance to the actual elvis doing kind of um to the actual elvis singing and it took me i don't know did it take it took me a few minutes to register of like wait that's not butler that's the actual elvis of, of just like how uncanny he looks later into the movie yeah i thought that was very effective too um i thought the speaking of later in the movie i thought the later portion of the movie was very effective in particular and again this kind of speaks to wanting them to dive deeper into certain aspects his family life and family Mm -hmm. or in in relationship troubles i thought was something that was interesting and i thought could have been explored more um and also was very sad and like relatable just on like a human level um Mm-hmm. and just just felt felt like it was almost better than it should have been the the scenes that we had of elvis's home life and marriage and marriage troubles um so those those scenes for me were very effect uh, affecting i don't know if if you, you I, s- I maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah i they maybe worked less for me i do think the one moment that becomes really affecting later in the movie is this clear this clear point where uh colonel tom parker is like working elvis like a mule essentially he's doing like night after night year after year these vegas shows and is just like collapsing from exhaustion and then is getting pumped full of drugs just to be able to like barely function through the day or just to be able to like get up on stage the next night and this bit in this sort of one moment where he decides i'm i'm getting out and he has that confrontation with the colonel in sort of the the garage of the casino and is is basically he he wants so bad to kind of turn his life around and of just like i'm i'm in this hole i'm addicted to drugs and stuff and like realizing that the colonel is essentially bleeding him dry and using him as his own basically like unlimited cash supply and the colonel basically kind of comes back at him with like i i i can basically ruin you and that sort of duel between them of this this guy who is all, almost to like this tragic fate of has wound up in this the bottom of the pit hole and as much as he wants to sort of climb himself out and find that other redemption arc he can't and like this other evil person just basically like still still holds the leash around him uh, essentially and and that kind of painful moment of realizing like oh no he he can't get out of this 
and if he wants any kind of life for his family um any kind of financial security he basically has to take this poisonous relationship to like its most extreme and tragic end like that that's the bit towards the end of the movie where i i think a lot of the a lot of maybe that drama you're talking about kind of really came through for me at least i I do wonder now if the movie had focused less on the colonel in their relationship mm-hmm. if we would have gotten a deeper dive into more elements of Elvis that we didn't know. Instead, it opts to kind of tell not just his life, but really focus on this relationship. And granted, mm-hmm. Colonel's being played by Tom Hanks, so it's not going to be a bit part. Um, right. And it's not like you can tell the story of Elvis's life without at least including this. But I do wonder... No. Would it have been? How do you feel about how much they included the colonel, and also how much they somewhat kind of breezed through his background and what ultimately was the outcome of his relationship with Elvis? Because those parts, to me, kind of well, again, this is this is a movie titled Elvis. Mm-hmm. Given how much the colonel is involved throughout the entire movie. It almost felt the movie, like, essentially. Right. It almost felt like we were getting a biopic of both Elvis and the Colonel. And I wonder if I wonder if it was trying to have your cake and eat it too, and by doing that didn't ultimately work either way. And I, I'm I, so I'm just curious how you feel yeah. about the level of involvement throughout this story. I I guess I didn't crave more Colonel, if that makes sense. <laughs> I, I feel like I got the 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 central, you know, I feel like I got the gist of that relationship. Um, I definitely think it's the choice to have Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker basically be, you know, <laughs> our our or Greek chorus essentially like bringing us into the story and narrating and kind of being an unreliable narrator in some points. I I almost wish the movie had leaned a a little bit even more into that. I just think it's, it's sort of bouncing between so many things that the idea of like the movie being, I I think there's some comedic ways that you could have, uh, contrasted what was really going on with like the colonel's maybe like delusional justification for like what he was doing which comes through in some of the the narration um i just think it gets a little it it feels like another sort of aesthetic choice in this movie that there's so many of them that it it kind of doesn't get used to the fullest of its potential um but i I don't know. So I I guess it's not really like it's a part of the movie that I feel sort of conflicted on of like, I get the gist of that relationship while also think they were trying to go after something that by the end, I don't think totally succeeded with what they were wanting for um, Colonel Tom Parker as a character. If that makes any sense. Um, Maybe this is a good time for us to also just talk about the Hank's performance. Do you think it's, Good, bad, 
defines all binary categories of good and bad. Yeah, I, uh, ooh, I, I mean, I, jo- I joked with Roland Belogan on last week's episode that like it, it is as if I know this movie. I think was shot before House of Gucci, but like <laughs> it does kind of feel like <laughs> Tom Hanks saw Jared Leto in that movie and was just like, hold my beer. Like it, it is, it is the kind of performance that some people are going to like absolutely hate, but then I'm sure there'll be another group of people that'll be like, it's almost so cartoonish and kind of crazy and grotesque that I, they, they kind of love it at the same time for just like how <laughs> bonkers well, and weird it is. I've just been describing to people of like, it's weirder than you are expecting yes. is like, I don't even know really how to describe it to people. It didn't totally work for me. Um, I thought the parts when there's parts when I forgot it was Tom Hanks. And then there's other parts when like, you know, you see through all that like job of the hut <laughs> makeup that he's got on and you you could just like see in his face like that's Tom Hanks, and then the it it took me out of it. It's like this is even extra weird. Oh, this is such a like uncharacteristic performance for Hanks. Of like, can, can you think of another movie where he's either been the outward villain or has been just sort of like buried underneath all these prosthetics like this, like like a performance that is just like intentionally trying to make him unrecognizable in a way uh toy story <laughs> no no i was this gonna is, say is... something like the polar express doesn't count but then i totally forgot about <laughs> Toy Story. <laughs> um i hesitate to say it's a bad performance because this is a biopic and i don't know much about the real colonel so i i i don't know how I've read a a couple things from Elvis fans saying it's it's kind of accurate. Like this is a this was a pretty cartoonish, mustache twirling man. But um, that said, that said, (laughs) yeah, I mean that said, I if if I am basing this, I'm going to base this off of the entire time I, I saw it as Tom Hanks doing an impersonation of like a, a, a pretty cartoonish impersonation of someone and not cartoonish as like the person is cartoonish, but just like a very caricature mm-hmm. uh, impersonation. So I, I wish I was in your seat of being able to lose sight of the fact that it was Tom Hanks there was no moment in the movie where it wasn't like, oh, this is Tom Hanks doing this ridiculous accent and this ridiculous character work. And so that to me, I guess I would fall on, I would fall on the side of not a great performance. Maybe the first time I've ever said that about a Tom Hanks just yes, didn't work for I, me. I mean, took me out of the movie, if anything. Let's be clear. We we stand Tom Hanks Absolutely. on this podcast, and anytime don't tr- Tom don't Hanks, don't trip Rita Wilson either. Don't don't you know? If, don't get up no, in their stuff. That that moment, Hanks losing his cool in that moment actually kind of redeemed everything. <laughs> this whole performance, love, love Tom um, Hanks. He's gonna he's gonna get did, award, He's gonna 
get a, awards nomination award nominations for do for you this. do you really think so absolutely the, but, the butler the butler performance i yes. think like is as like right in like seal the deal it's it's at least getting nominated is like anything that i've seen so far this year um of just like i i think e- even people whose reviews i've read that like hated the movie have been like that that kid is a natural movie star and just like explodes off the screen um but you think hanks is gonna get you think absolutely hanks is gonna get nominated for this i think i think the academy will eat this up i i think he's gonna at least be in consideration for all the big award shows i would love to be wrong but it's also well, kind of entertaining. It, it's also kind of entertaining if I'm right, because then we get to see clips maybe, of it. Maybe Tom Hanks can host the show next year as as the Colonel. As, as the Colonel. Um, also, just on totally other random note, it did just occur to me that if you were wondering whether this was going to be your last like weird Tom Hanks accent this year, he he is in the Disney live action version of Pinocchio. So playing Geppetto. Hopefully, or, I don't know if you want to call it a rebound. I don't know. Hopefully, that'll be less. He'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be. <laughs> no, he's great. But yeah, this I I can't think of any other Tom Hanks performance that even comes close to me being like not not a fan of that. Not or like even in consideration yeah. of like that wasn't stellar. So for yeah. me, this is this is a lot. This 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 one takes an L, but yeah, yeah. I I still think that like it's a performance where very much like the Jared Leto one, which granted he didn't ultimately get nominated right. for an Oscar, right? But I could see because he's Tom Hanks, because it's such a out there performance, it's such a showy performance with prosthetics and with makeup, and yeah. the Academy loves that. So I could very very. I mean, we'll we'll see what the you know. What the what the field looks like in December or January, but uh, I would I would pencil him in right now. Well, Daniel, thank you for for stopping by this week. Um, maybe depending on how this movie does at the box office, I guess by the time this episode comes out, we'll kind of know. You and I are recording this ahead of time, but um, next week we're talking you know, we'll- uh, Mi- Minions, right? Rise of Gru. Um. Only if you do the entire podcast in Minion Speak. Maybe that's something I could get Film and Query to put on a Patreon wall. We'll see how much people <laughs> like to pay to just hear that. <laughs> <laughs>